thank you for tuning in to the latest message from Island Church, Dundalk. Amen, amen, amen. Well, guys, we are picking back up for right now, anyhow. We're going to pick back up on our series on the seven letters to the church. We've been in Revelations 1, 2, and 3 here for months, it seems like. Uh, you know, as I was uh, saying, I don't know, a few months, uh, a few weeks ago, I guess maybe it was a month or so ago, that I, mean, I thought this series would be done with it in about, in about uh, seven weeks, do about a week per church. And I mean, this has just seemed to, to go on and on and on. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm thankful that it's been going on because the Lord's been able to, to dig in some, into some deep, deep parts of it and bring up some revelation that is, um, that's, that's some good stuff. I mean, some of this stuff is what the church, when need to get back. We need to get back to what the, the Lord's trying to tell us in, in these letters. Amen. See, he's not just writing these letters to, you know, the seven different churches here. These, obviously these were, these are directly specifically for them, but, but this word is also for us today. Amen. He, he is, he is speaking these things to each church that is open, live and thriving because there are things that we are doing well, but there's also things that need to be corrected in each and every church. And we need to listen to what the spirit of the Lord has to say, you know, so we can uh, move forth in the right direction. Amen. I'm telling you, I find it fascinating. I find it absolutely fascinating that the, that Jesus himself, I mean, Jesus himself gave a word to the church. I mean, the word, the, you know, from, from the gospels all the way to revelation. I mean, there, there, there's powerful things in there, but I'm telling you, this is Jesus speaking directly to the church. I'm telling you, that is amazing. I find it, it absolutely blows me away. And I'm telling you, this, this needs to be a place that we really hone in on and see, see what the Lord's trying to say to us. Got some powerful stuff here. It's fascinating. Amen. And you, and although Jesus loved the church so much, they decide to write letters to him. How many of y'all know as we've been going through and going through there, there is five out of the seven churches. Amen. Five out of the seven churches here got correction. I mean, because although he loves the church, he also pours out correction because he loves us, right? So he pours out correction. Now, how many of y'all know that six out of the seven churches got praises? Six out of seven. Now, we've dealt with each individual church here, and every one of them has had, had praises, and most of them have had uh, corrections. Uh, what was it, Smyrna and Philadelphia that didn't have any correction coming to them? But every single one of them were doing something right. Amen. But we're, but we're going to get to this place where we find that, uh, that uh, the church of Laodicea, he, there is no praises going forth for this church. Amen. There's no, there's no praises, no commendations going forth for this church today. Why is that? Because they weren't doing anything that he could praise them for. Amen. We, I believe we can look at many churches nowadays. I'm saying there's, and I wonder if the Lord is, is wondering the same thing. Is there, is there nothing that he can praise what the church is doing? Because I'm telling you, we are in the habits nowadays, church, of building up our own kingdom. We're in the habits, church, of, of seeing how many people we can pack into, into a church. And we think that's success. And we leave out and we adulterate the word of God, leaving out the things that the Lord desires us to speak, releasing the kingdom and, and, and to people. And we think we're doing a great job just because we have a lot of people here. And we're growing up weak baby Christians. Amen. If they're even Christians at that. Amen. And just as Jesus was correcting the churches in, back in these days, he's also coming to correct us nowadays so we can get, get ourselves straight. Amen. I love this letter to the church at Laodicea. 
It's powerful, and I don't think we're going to get too far into it today, uh, into it today but we'll, we'll see what the Lord has for us anyhow. But anyhow, as he said that there was no uh, commendations for him, this, this reminds me a little bit of, of Galatians, what is that, 3.3, 3, where Paul, uh, speaking to the, to the churches in Galatia, he says, he says, are you so foolish? Amen. He said, are you so foolish? Are you lacking knowledge, guys? Are you, are you lacking the ability to understand that what you started in the spirit, now, now you think you're going to be perfected, you're going to be completed in the flesh? Yeah, you started off here in the spirit. You started off believing God. It was by faith. All I had to do is, is believe in my heart and, and righteousness came and I confessed with my mouth and salvation came. But now you, now you come back to the law. Now you come back to thinking your works, you're going to make yourself complete. Amen. I love how Paul says that by the spirit. You foolish Galatians. You foolish. You know, what about, uh, what about uh, the, uh, to the church of Ephesus? You know, just as Paul was addressing the spiritual climate, the spiritual climate going in in the church there, the churches in Galatia, you know, Jesus was, was addressing the spiritual climate in Ephesus, wasn't he? He, said, he was like, man, you guys are doing things great. Man, there's amazing things going on there, but, but you've left your first love. You've left your first love. You start doing things for, for your own benefit, for building your own kingdoms. You, you've left me. Come back to me. You know, woo in the church at Ephesus. Come back, to, come back to me. Begin to follow me. Begin to follow my word. Begin to, to follow the things that the, as the Holy Ghost is leading you to do. Follow me. Amen. Come, come back to your first love. And if you don't, he says, I'm going to take your candlestick from you. If you don't repent, if you don't change the way you're thinking towards the things of the word of God or towards the things I've spoken to you, he goes, I'm going to take your candlestick away from you. Now, what was he saying? I doesn't mean he's going to take the church away from me. He wasn't going to take the body. I mean, we, we are the church. I mean, we are the body of Christ. He wasn't saying, I'm going to take your building away. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have someone go light your, light your church on fire. That's not, that's not what he was saying. He's saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to relieve you of the anointing that you have. Why? Because I can't have people trying to seek after the things you're doing because you're not following me. Amen? You're not going to be able to make the impact in the city that you're going to become a dead church. How many of y'all know what a dead church is? It's not, it's not that it doesn't have Christians sitting on the inside of it. There's no anointing in it. The power of God isn't in the house. Amen? He says, if you, don't, if you don't straighten up, if you don't change the way you think, he goes, this anointing is going to be, going to be gone. Now, now, this church at Laodicea, although Jesus was addressing Ephesus, amen, they have already crossed over that line. They've already, they've already, they've already went past that, that, that place. Amen. To where, to where that, that anointing was gone off of them. Amen. They, they, they went past that line, but I'm telling you, we got a God that's so good. Jesus, the head of our church, the high priest and the apostle of our faith. He's sitting there calling us back, calling us back, still calling us to repent. Why? Cause I'm telling you, you have a God that doesn't give up on you. He's saying, as many times as you'll get back up and go to war or go to fight, he goes, I'm there right by your side. If you want to sit there right on that floor and not do anything, I'm going to be there right there by your side too. He goes, but if you'll get up, if you'll press into the things of God, if you'll change the way you think and move back towards what I am asking you to do, he goes, amazing things are going to happen through you again. Amen. See, those, those things can be lit. How many of y'all know a fire can be lit? 
I mean, there's denominational churches that have been dead for ages. And I'm telling you, during the, during the charismatic revival, you know, well, it happened over here in Ireland as well, but it happened in the United States. I mean, people were getting, uh, I'm talking, uh, uh, what, what is that, uh, that denomination? There's one, there's one in Houston that, uh, uh, not, not, um, I don't want to say the wrong one there. I'll, I'll keep on going. It's, uh, but anyhow, the, the power of God flowed in that church. And I'm talking about three and 400 people at a time were getting baptized in the Holy Ghost. They had no clue what the baptism of the Holy Ghost was, but the Holy Ghost came and dropped it. Why? Because they began to press into the things of God. They began to seek out the things of God. They began to say, you know what? There is something more than this dead church coming in here, sitting in the pew, singing a little song, sitting down, hearing a message that goes in one ear, right out the other. There's more than that. There's more than being dead. There's life in the kingdom. There's life in the kingdom. The kingdom's all around us. The kingdom's in here. The kingdom is in you. Amen. But we got to get to that place that, that, we, that we desire it. Amen. Allow him to bring life. Allow him to allow that life to bring the harvest in us and through us. Amen. But see, it's us. It's right here. You know, you can point yourself at yourself saying, yeah, I'm responsible for that. He gave me the kingdom. I'm responsible for what I do with it. I'm, I'm responsible. Do, am I, are, you, are you hungry? Let me, let, me, let me ask you that. Is there anyone hungry in this house? You, know, you guys are in church on a Wednesday evening. You've got to have a little something stirring on the inside of you. Amen. But I'm telling you, this hunger needs to, needs to get stirred up in the church. I'm telling you, we need, we need a stirring. This, this is where revival gets birthed. It's from a stirring from people that are hungry because revival's in you too. It's not something that you're waiting for God to pour out. It's in you. He's waiting for someone to believe that and allow it to be released out of them. It's in you. It don't take 100,000 people to be pressing in for revival. It takes you. It takes you believing God. It takes you pressing into the things of God. It takes you believing that all things are possible. All things are possible to them that believe. Amen. That scripture, that scripture didn't die with the apostles. I mean, this, this word right here at church, I'm telling you, it's as alive today as it ever has been. But is it alive in you? Is it alive in you? This is our boundary in everything in the kingdom. Is it alive in you? Hmm? Whew. I'm telling you, church, I say it's alive in you. It is alive in you. Hmm. Well, Jesus gave quite a few corrections for this church. Now you think, some people may think, you know, is this, was, is this the reason why, you know, maybe Laodicea was put on the last? You know, you know well, possibly it, it could be. But if you remember, as we, as we talk through this, every church has been going around what's called this Roman postal road, right? So he started with Ephesus and he went, and he kind of went around this, this postal coal going out east in Asia Minor. And then he, and then he backed up in the last church before you get back to Ephesus is this church called Laodicea. Amen. Laodicea. Now, no. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'll mention that. I'll mention that because I hear that in my spirit. Does it, it now because Jesus had correction going to this church, there were no praises because the last church that he mentioned, does it mean that Jesus didn't love this church? Does it mean that Jesus didn't love these people? Does it mean that Jesus didn't love this, this town, this city of Laodicea? I'd say absolutely not. 
I'll tell you, Jesus loved them so much that they're written in the word here. Jesus loved them so much that he gave forth correction to them. Jesus loved them so much that he did not give up on them. I mean, I know that Jesus, he does not give up on us. I don't know why that keeps on going over. It's like, it's just rolling in my spirit, like over and over and over. I don't, I don't know who needs to hear that. It may be someone on the podcast here, but I'm telling you, Jesus doesn't give up on us. I'm telling you, he's good. He's an empowering God. He's, he's not, he is not giving up on you. He's just, he's just trying to get you into that place where you can begin to believe, that you can begin to press in, that you can grab a hold of the things that he desires for you and begin to walk in them. Amen? But it takes you. It takes something on your part. You know, this is, this is a falsity to think that, that everything's just going to happen when, you know, as, as God, you know, God, if God wants it to happen, it'll happen. If God doesn't want it to happen, it's not going to happen. That's not necessarily how everything works in the kingdom. Amen. The things that God's poured out to us, he's, he's taken his hands off of them for us. Amen. And praise God. That means he trusts you. He, tr- he trusts you with the kingdom. You know that. He trusts you enough to put the kingdom of God on the inside of you. He trusts you enough to where you can give that to someone else. See, he could have said, I'll come down and I'll take care of that because you're fools. You can't handle that. No, no. He said, you know what? I love you guys so much. You guys are the apple of my eye. (laughs) I desire you so much. I want to put this goodness on the inside of you so you can can see what it's like to see someone's face go from dead to life just by words that are coming out of your mouth. You can see the power of God coming upon them and death disappears and life comes back upon them. I'm telling you, there's, there's one guy, me and one of my, uh, one of my friends, uh, Mark Murphy, which some of y'all may have met him. There's this one guy we prayed for and I'm telling you, it was like the clearest thing I've ever seen from someone go from death to life. Amen. And he was, his kid was going around, bouncing around from church to church, going to, to different places. And he was stealing stuff out of the offering, you know, and he'd feel real bad about it. So he'd come to our men's meeting that we we're having and want to confess all these things to us. And we're like, well, go get the money back to these churches you're stealing it from. He's like, well, I really need it. And I was like, well, you need to, you need to do what's right. That's why you're getting that conviction, right? And uh, so we, you know, we were talking about the Lord for several weeks, you know, several weeks, about every other week he was coming, coming by the, coming by the church. And, and he sat there and, and this one day, Mark finally said, I'm telling you, son, you need to get saved. And he's like, well, that's what I came here today for. Yeah. He goes, well, y'all pray for me. So we, so we prayed with him. And this guy had a, had a lazy eye. You know, if y'all, if that's what y'all call it over here, where well, one eye was looking straight and the other one was looking, I mean, directly sideways. I mean, it was directly sideways. And as we, as we began to pray over this guy, you know, it was amazing. His countenance, I'm telling you, he, cause he, he, he looked, he looked like just like a regular thug. I'm, but I'm telling you just life just like started up from his feet and just started moving up his body. And I'm telling you, you could see the color in him just changing. It, I mean, it was amazing as, as, uh, as actually Mark was praying over the guy and I, I looked and I looked over at Mark and he looked back at me cause it was just like, it was just like, wow, are you, are you seeing this. It's like a wave of life coming up him. I'm telling you, by the time that wave of life came up to his face, that one eye that was looking completely sideways, just turned around whoop, and just looked, looked directly at us. 
Yeah, and we're like, I was like, glory to God. You know, I mean, we, you know, we didn't command nothing. We didn't say nothing. It was just the goodness of God just infilling this guy, just correcting everything that was dead, everything that wasn't of God. It just started correcting it. Amen. And this, and this kid didn't even know what happened. He had no clue. We're sitting there with our, like, like looking at him, you know, and he's like, what? And we're like, but you, 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 don't, you, didn't, you don't know what just happened? He's like, no, no, what, what happened? You know, like, I feel good, you know, I feel good. And we're like, well, well, when you go back and return that money that you just stole, he goes, look in the mirror, you know. I said, you're going to find something that's going to, that, that'll change your life. You know, you'll, 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 you'll have a, a witness that God is real, amen. It was a, but it was powerful. This, this is the call, amen. This is the call of what the Lord has given to each and every one of us. We need not to we need not to take these things lightly. Amen. Take them serious. These things are serious. Amen. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Jesus says in Revelations 3.19, which we'll get here shortly, it says, as, as many as I love, I rebuke and I chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. You know, Jesus says, I know there's a lot of things that, you're, that, are, that are going wrong here, but, if you, but, it, but as many as I love, see, I love you so much that I'm going to bring some correction to you. I love you so much that I'm going to rebuke you. But how many of y'all know that, that our Lord does not rebuke us by sickness and disease? He doesn't rebuke us by burning your church building down. He doesn't, he doesn't rebuke us by bringing a hurricane to, to knock down your city. He doesn't, he doesn't rebuke us by, by sending forth people to where you can't, you can't sell your, your land. He doesn't, he doesn't rebuke us by allowing COVID-19 or cancer to come upon your body. That's not how the Lord rebukes us. No, that's, that's the adversary coming to trying to stop you and hinder you in everything you're doing. But the Lord, he will rebuke you. I mean, because why? Because he loves you. Just like a good parent does, he'll rebuke you. But how does he do? He does it by his spirit and he does it by the word. He does it by the spirit. He does it by his spirit, the Holy Spirit, and he does it by his word. He is, I'm telling you, our, our Lord is soft. He's gentle. I mean, he is, he is all he is all truthful, amen? So things may come forth and it may seem like it may bite a little bit, but I'm telling you, it's all, it's all in love, everything that he does for us, because he, he is that good. He says, if you will change, if you will repent, amen, we will get these things changed up. Now, since I'm completely off track here, let me try to see if I can get a flow going here. Now, we start off with, with each of these different churches. Now, each, each church had a characteristic of their own, right? The church at Ephesus, we, just as we talked a little bit about uh, a minute ago, they, they were a church that was being wooed of God, right? Wooed of Jesus to come back because they, they lost their first love. The church at Smyrna, they were the persecuted church. They didn't have any correction coming from them. They were being persecuted in everything that they were doing. And what they do, Jesus was praising them, saying, just keep on pressing in, keep on pressing in. Go after that, that victory crown that you have. And man, we saw that the church at Pergamos, right? They were the, the compromising church. They, they were doing some, some amazing things. I remember this was the cultural capital of all of Asia Minor at that time. Had, had a lot of wealth, had a lot of good things going there, but they allowed two doctrines to come in that was compromising their church. Remember they had the doctrine of Balaam that came in and the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, right? What did Balaam do? He, he was that, he was the... He was the not false prophet. He was the unrighteous prophet because he was a prophet, amen. He wasn't a false prophet, but he was unrighteous. What was he doing? He, he was trying to get uh, another kingdom to be able to destroy Israel So what he did, uh, through money, amen. So he was trying to teach them how to do these things, amen. 
And you had the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. What was the doctrine of Nicolaitans? Bringing compromise in the church. Specifically the compromise of separation. I mean, separation from what? From this is where we get that, the, the, these words that I don't like, but clergy and laity, right? The, the separation from the minister and, and the church, which is absolutely absurd. Amen? It's absurd. We're all the body of Christ. May have different responsibilities in the body of Christ, but we are all part of the body of Christ. Amen. We see that the that there was a, the church at Thyatira. Remember that was the eastern church on Pergamos that was that was planted to be a military stronghold to, to, to where any tax hour coming against Pergamon, they had to go against Thyatira first. Now, now y'all remember Thyatira. It had, it had this woman that, that, that was influenced by the Jezebel spirit in her, right? Now, what, were, now what was she doing? She was bringing compromise in the church, uh, sending forth, um, uh, giving, giving permissions through the people that they can compromise and things outside of the church, I mean, you can compromise in your, in your job place. You can compromise in the guilds that, that, that they were attending to. You can, okay, you can compromise in these pagan activities. You can go get in the drunken orgies. You can go do all these different things. Oh, just make sure you show up in church on Sunday and make sure you give your tithe and your offering. Amen. And, that, and that's basically what was going on in that church. I'm telling you, that sounds a lot like some of the churches we have nowadays. That, that you know, once you step outside of the church, hey, everything's grand. Every, you know, do, live your life the way you do, but when we're going to come in here, we're going to do things this way. I'm telling you, church, the church needs to be brought out that way. This is a place we get trained up to where we can live our lives out there to change that environment that is out there. Amen. I mean, the church doesn't stop here. I mean, the church is not the place you go to meet, you know, once a week or twice a week or three times a week. No, the church is us. Amen. This is the place we come get trained up, get completed in the word of God where we can go make the change in the environment that, we, that, we're, uh, that we're living. Amen. We have the church of Sardis, which was the wealthiest uh, wealthiest city at, at one time, amen. It was one of the greatest, wealthiest cities, had all that gold in the river, amen. Now, they, uh, they, were, a, uh, they were the church that had a reputation for, for being alive, but Jesus said, you're dead. He said, man, you have a reputation of being alive just because you're wealthy. You have a reputation of being alive. He said, but you are a corpse. You're dead on the inside. There's no life on the inside of you. And he, and he encouraged them to wake themselves back up. We had Philadelphia is the one we just finished off with last week or so. I mean, that was an amazing city that was, that was planted, member by a king, and he had a, lot, a great love for his brother. So he called it Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. Amen. And this was another church that didn't have any, any, uh, any rebukes from the Lord, it was only as only praises. Amen. It was a it was a church that Jesus said, "Man, I know I know you may not be the biggest church in the world. I mean, I know you're not working uh, operating all the the supernatural dunamis power like some of these other churches are." He says, "But but because you're faithful, because you've you've kept my word, he goes, I've opened up a door for you." And they were known as a missionary church. They got to go out, plant churches, minister into the cities that are around them. It was a powerful, powerful church. And then we get to Laodicea here, the lukewarm church, where the Lord says you're neither hot nor cold. I wish you were hot or cold, but since you're lukewarm, since you're tepid, I'm going to spit you, and that word means I'm going to vomit you out of my mouth. I'm telling you, powerful word that he gave. And although there is much correction we're going to find out here, 
in, uh, in the church of Laodicea. Amen. Uh, I think much correction was due. Amen. Because anytime you've started off in a place where you're operating in power and you get into this place where you're, you're tepid. Amen. There, there needs to be some, there needs to be some, some, uh, correction coming forth. Amen. Hmm. Let's see how we're looking here. Uh, I'll, I'll go here for a few more minutes. I have a, uh, I find it interesting, you know, as we're, as we're talking here about correction, I'll go this direction for a little bit and then we'll, we'll close it up. I find it interesting that uh, when, we, when, you, when you sit there and we deal with correction, how people think that, that uh, you're mean or not walking in love because of it. I mean, has anyone ever heard that? I mean, anytime you give discipline out, I mean, I've even, <laughs> even heard it from the, from the children, amen, when you, when you give out discipline and give out things that, that they, think, they think you're mean, they think you're mad, you know, or that, you're not, uh, that you don't love them anymore because you're doing these things. But it's, this is actually the antithesis of it. Amen. People that walk in love, Amen. They're, they're the ones that are going to bring forth discipline. I mean, y'all know that. You, if you love your children, you're going to discipline them. Amen. If, you're, if you don't love your children, you're going to let them run around like wild banshees and figure out everything for themselves. Amen. But if you love them, you're going to put out discipline for them. If we love the church, we're going to, you know, leadership ought to have discipline when things need to get corrected. If Jesus loves his church, he'll bring forth words of correction himself. Amen. I find it. Uh, <laughs> I've had, I've. Uh, I don't know, Lord. I think I'll, I don't think I'm gonna go a different direction on that. Uh, that, may, <laughs> that I, don't, I don't know if that will set too good, you know. But but you know, here at Island Church, you know, we preach the truth, you know. And sometimes that stuff can be hard to digest. Amen. It can you know people can get offended. They can walk away. I've had I've had you know I've had people come up to us and and it's funny. They say, you know, you know, these, these people over here, they're, they're great. They're, 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 you know, they're, they, 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 these people, they walk in love, you know, they do this, they do that. And that's why we love them so much. You know, I, 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 I'm sure no one's ever told you that because you want to know what they're really saying when they say that. Cause they say, they've said it to me quite often. Amen. They're really saying is, is, you know, you don't walk in love. Amen. You don't, you don't love people because I tell people the way it is. Amen. Cause I'll tell them the truth. I mean, regardless if you want to hear it or regardless if you don't want to hear it, I'm going to tell you the truth. And why is that? It's because I love people. Amen. I, I trained up myself as a young man to dislike people. Amen. I didn't like people. I was rude to people and I did it specifically, like I told you before, so I could step on them in the business world and it wouldn't bother me a bit. Amen. But as I got saved and I got reborn and God, and God put his goodness on the inside of me, he birthed the love of me that, that I just can't quench for people. I, I love them. But in that, I'm still bold enough to tell you the truth. Amen. See, I don't, I, my, my aim here, and I get, and I, I don't know why I'm saying this either, but my aim here is not to ruffle people's feathers. Amen. That's not, that is not my goal. 
but my aim is to speak exactly what the Spirit of God has to say. Amen. Now, if that, if that rubs the cat the wrong way, like my pastor said, just turn the cat around. Amen. And get, get yourself turned around and to where, it, to where it doesn't go against the grain. Amen. But, but just because we are, we are doing these things, because we speak these things, because your boss says these things, because your, your pastor says these things, because Jesus says these things, because the Holy Ghost starts convicting something on the inside of you, doesn't mean they're mean and doesn't mean that they don't walk in love. Amen. It's because they love you. Amen. I mean, my family, we, you, know, you know how much we love this nation? You know how much we love this island? They gave up everything we had to come over here. Everything. I'm telling you, we walked away from a highly successful business to come here for people. That's the kind of love that, that we have. Well, how'd that get birth? It's from the Lord. It's nothing that I, that I, that I strummed up myself. It's something that, that I can't get away from. I'm telling you, it's something that's ignited on the inside of me. But with that, my desire is to protect people. My desire is to get them lit on fire. My, my desire is to get you, you know, finding your calling and your destiny upon your life, amen, to where you can fulfill exactly what God's calling you to do, amen. And sometimes that takes, that takes a little spanking. <laughs> oh, man, I am so all over the place today. You know, this is, I'll end with this. I'll, I'll, I'll end with this. You know, it's like, our, it's like worship. You know, like, like, our, like our worship team. You know, people have said over the years, and I've been around different ministries, and they said different things, but people always want to give you advice on how your worship should be. You know, you know, these big churches do things this way. You know, this church over here, they do things this way. I was at this church, and they had a 1,000 people, and they're doing this way. Maybe you ought to change and do things the way you're doing. Well, I'm telling you, I've been to a lot of mega churches around there, and I'm telling you, most of them are dead as a doornail. Most of them are dead as a doornail. Now, they have great music going on in the house. Absolutely. They pay the best professionals to come. They pay the best. Amen. Absolutely, they got good musicians. Absolutely, they're singing all the popular songs. But I'm telling you, that, that is not, that's not the aim here. Hmm? I mean, our aim is not to have good, 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 music, uh, good music bands. Our, our aim is to have good worship teams. Amen. That bring people into worship. Worshippers in spirit and truth that teach people out here how to worship and draw them into that place to where the spirit of God can begin to speak through people. The spirit of God can begin to minister. Tongues and interpretations can come forth. Prophecies can come forth. Words of wisdom, words of knowledge can come forth. People getting healed left and right. That's God's idea to church. You know, it took me many years, church, many years to get over this idea of what of, uh, of this worldly success. Amen. I see, I always thought what, what worldly success was, was success, you know, but it took, it took years of hitting against that, to, of studying in the word of God to get back over this side and realizing what success is, what Jesus says is, is successful. You know, it's not, the, it's not the numbers, it's not how much money you have, it's not about the clothes you wear, it's not about how many good friends you have. Amen. It's about obedient, being obedient unto the kingdom. When Jesus says, do something, do it. Doesn't matter what it looks like. I mean, I know that's what success is. Being obedient to everything that the Spirit of God has saying to us. Amen. This is this way we get life in everything that we do. In everything that we do. I think I'm gonna 
I don't even think, I didn't even get into the message today. Let me, we'll pick this up here in a, in a week or so. Amen. But I don't know this. I just, I just want to encourage you church. I think we need to begin to change our way of thinking. Amen. As we've gone through this, I guess this word just kind of going over, over and from, the, from reading through this, you know, this afternoon is, is repent, repent, repent. You know, everyone thinks repent means coming to the altar and start crying all over the altar. And that's not, that's not what repent is. Now, now that can come from true repentance. Amen. But repentance is changing the way we think. Getting, getting this worldly ideas out of our mind, getting our, getting our personal ideas out of our mind and begin to think like the Lord thinks. Allow his thinking to, to be ministered into our, into our souls through, through this word and it will change everything in our lives. But, but I mean, I'm, I'm not talking about just the big things. I mean, not thinking about, you know, getting rid of sins and things like that in our life. I'm talking about even the very minute things of how we, how we address the people that we're around, how we love the people in our church, how we're loving these people that are walking down the streets that have never, that never, never met Jesus. I mean, we may be the only Jesus to ever meet. Amen. But until we can change the way we think on some things, a lot of these opportunities are, are being opened up and we just walk right by them because we're so self-consumed with ourselves and what we're doing. Hmm. So let's be a people. Let's be a people, amen. Let's seek after his heart. Have a desire to change everything in us that's us (laughs) and allow him to be released in everything that we do. Father, we thank you. Hmm. Father, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the goodness of your word. I, I thank you for your goodness, for, for you are too good to be true. I thank you for that you pour out your love and your compassion upon each and every one of us daily. Lord, may we receive it, grab a hold of it, keep it, protect it. Protect it. Cherish it, value it, Lord, so we can release it unto the world that's around us, Lord, the world that needs you. Help us to be witnesses, witnesses of the kingdom, witnesses of a, of a loving God in everything that we do, Lord. We thank you for it, Lord. We glorify you for it. We thank you for your protection. We stand on Psalms 91. That no evil will befall us, neither shall any plague come to our dwelling. Lord, you give your angels charge over us to, to keep us in all of our ways. Lord, we thank you for it, Lord. We thank you for loving us enough that you don't even want us dashing our toe against a stone. You are so good. We thank you for your drawing. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your church. We thank you for the head of the church. We thank you for the ambassadors of Christ you've made each and every one of us to be, Lord, thanking you, Lord. Here, Highland Church, we are covered by your blood. We are empowered by your word, Lord, and we are anointed by the Holy Ghost. Amen. Hallelujah.